Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%. APR, 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 0.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. You are back in the DFSR for our Cash Game Picks article for Week 7. This is James Davis, and that's... Chris Durrell. Yeah, and we are here trying to figure out who some good Cash Game plays are for Week 7. You know, we're full-fledged now into the bye week party. Uh, we got a lot of good plays, both missing off the slate completely, playing in London, uh, playing at odd hours. All in all, there's only nine games on the main slate, so that's a tighter slate than we're used to, Chris. You know, NFL is kind of funny because... Since we typically have so many plays to pick from, I think we tend to get pretty picky about what guys we want to play where. Normally, we can create a lineup with really you know high confidence level plays at every position, but I'm not so sure that's going to be the case today. So yeah, we'll get into the cash game plays in a second. Just wanted to remind you that right now we are on a free special deal. That's a free seven-day trial, one-week trial to our projection systems for FanDuel and DraftKings for both NFL and the NBA for optimizers. Uh, NBA is launching tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday. And the NBA tends to be our biggest sport overall, so we're really excited about that. Uh, you are also pumping out hockey projections every single day too, so really a great time to be alive when it comes to DFS. Uh, yeah, football, basketball, and hockey all at once. One low price, twenty nine ninety five a month. And again, a free one-week trial. So what do you have to lose, Chris? That's my, that's my big question. Absolutely nothing. So... <laughs> That's right. All right. So let's just jump right into it. So uh, we'll take a little bit of a different format this week because like normally Doug or I interviews the person who wrote the cash game article and we give some reasoning behind the plays. I think this week would be fun since, you know, you didn't really collaborate in our cash game article article to kind of go back and forth on some cash game plays that we'd like to highlight. So uh, we'll just get started right away at quarterback, and I'll go first because I'm in charge of this podcast, and that's easier for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll highlight Jameis Winston. You know, he was chalk on both FanDuel and DraftKings last week. He was dramatically underpriced. He unfortunately was in our second overall lineup on FanDuel. Uh, Ryan was still decent, but uh, he was in our DraftKings lineup, and he was off the chain. I mean, he was really, really good. He's still probably underpriced relative to what this Tampa Bay offense is producing right now. And he goes up against Cleveland this week. So it's not the otherworldly matchup he had last week in the highest total game of the week. But he still does have, he is a quarterback, a running quarterback on the team with the third highest implied total of the main slate. And I really love these running quarterbacks like Jameis because it's really tough to imagine the Bucks putting up 26.25 points or whatever their implied total is without him being heavily involved in almost all the scoring. You know, the running game for the Bucks hasn't been very strong this week or this season so far. Jameis has looked kind of oddly efficient in his first one and a half games back. And he does have those four interceptions, but I have to think that given his 75% completion rate, that you're going to see that ratio of touchdowns to interceptions come back down to normal. You know, in case you're sort of uninitiated on this concept, interceptions, yeah, they tend to be a result of bad plays, but mostly they're, or sometimes bad decisions, but mostly they're a result of you just throw enough incomplete balls, eventually one is going to find the hands of your opponent. So I like Jameis. I think you could see him be a chalk play on the main slate again. 
Uh, again, going up against that improved, but still vulnerable Cleveland defense. And uh, yeah, the price point is just attractive enough to me that I feel like I can still spend up elsewhere. Um, any thoughts on Jameis? Any thoughts on, uh, and if you just want to jump into your next guy, you can do that too. No, I, I definitely like Jameis. Um, I mean, they're, Cleveland's got the number three uh, DVOA defense this year, but uh, they've given up uh, their rank 20th in passing yards per game. Like you said, it's a high implied total, and it's a tight spread. So that's kind of something I look at when I'm constructing lineups in the player lab and looking for players that really stand out, especially for you know when I do my articles and stuff, or even when I'm constructing my lineups on Saturday night, Sunday morning, is that's kind of something mm-hmm. I'm looking for, is a high total game with a tight spread, and that has that. And at 6,300 on yep. DraftKings especially, three times value, he needs just over 18 points. I think that's pretty easy um, for him this week against Cleveland. So uh, myself, uh, one that I'm looking at, I like Cam Newton. Not so much on FanDuel at 8200 feels a little bit expensive, but with that, um, he has hit at that $8,200 price tag. He's hit the two times cash value that I'm looking for every single week this season. Um, So that's something I'm really looking at. And I almost favor him a little more on FanDuel, even with that price, because on DraftKings, he doesn't get that 300-yard passing bonus very often. I think he's got that once this year, uh, week two against Atlanta. And that's something that you really kind of look for on DraftKings to help you get to that three times value. And he's only done that three times in five games this season. So he's definitely someone um, I'm looking at this week. It's a little bit tougher matchup against Philly, so I don't think he's going to be, you know, super high-owned. I think a lot of the chalk, like like you were mentioned, is going to go towards Winston. Um, so I think we can get him a little bit cheaper. So I think he also makes a good GPP play. But for a floor, um, I'm definitely on, on him on both sides for sure. Yeah, I don't mind Newton. He's kind of like a weird play to me. He He's a lot safer than he seems because those four to five fantasy points he's going to give you just as a matter of course in the running game are going to really add up over the course of a season. And when basically when you start the game with four or five fantasy points, it's just really hard not to hit, say, 18 fantasy points on FanDuel. And while it's never going to feel amazing to run him against a defense like Philly, and, and again, at that 82 price tag on FanDuel, I think you're ruling it out. It starts to get pretty tempting at 5900 on DraftKings. Like that sub $6,000 price range, that's exactly where we ran Winston out last week. And all of a sudden, like when it comes to prices that low, you can just kind of hit your value all of a sudden, you know, like a 20-yard rushing touchdown and he's basically yeah. uh, almost getting there, you know. So, uh I, I definitely I'm okay with Newton. I think you might be able to do a little bit better in a similar price range. So, the guy <laughs> that Doug kind of talked me into, I was against this I think initially just because I have this like natural aversion towards young players that feel unproven in my mind. But what about Baker Mayfield? I mean, right now, 5,800 on DraftKings. He's got, you know, he's again back in that same game with one of the highest totals on the slate. He's up against the Tampa Bay passing defense, which has been pretty suspect this season, right? I mean, they're a bottom 10 team in terms of yards per attempt allowed through the air. They haven't really, I mean, they played a few decent offenses, but not really like a murderer's row or anything. And nonetheless, they're still kind of getting carved up a bit. Now, Baker, yeah, he's definitely young and he's certainly unproven. You can't love the relatively modest completion percentage. Like the 55% completion percentage means he's going to flop on you from time to time. But he's against the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks have allowed 356 yards per game through the air. That's I think it's second best in the whole NFL or second worst, I guess, depending on how you're wanting to look at it. That's pretty crazy. So what do you think about Baker? Can we run this guy out here in cash? Is this just a, a bridge too far? Like, are we going crazy trying to get too much savings here? What do you think? 
Oh, personally, it feels a little bit risky. Um, same, I kind of feel the same way as you with an unproven quarterback. He's only had, what, three starts in the NFL now. Um, Tampa Bay, I absolutely love the matchup. You know, they're dead last in, in DVOA defense. They're dead last in um, yards given up per game, 355.6, like you said, and points to the quarterback. Oh, yeah, right. I had that inverted. So it, the matchup's definitely there, but um, DraftKings, I think I'd rather pay the $100 more and go with a known commodity in Newton. But on FanDuel, it's a lot closer mm. for me at $1,100 discount. Something, like I said, the three times value, two times value. Mayfield's only hit the value at his price right now once this season in his four starts. I mean, he took over in that first start, so one of the three starts. But he's hit it yeah. all three times in on FanDuel at the price that he's at on FanDuel right now. So I consider it on FanDuel at a big discount because it helps you get to, we're going to get to the quarterback position and uh, kind of how thin it is. But it's going to help you definitely get to a guy like uh, Todd Gurley this week. But for me, on DraftKings, I'm kind of going in the direction... Now, I know I just said uh, we're unproven young quarterbacks, but Mitchell Trubisky stands out to me at 5,600 um, simply because we cool. talked about the rushing ability, and he's really put that together the last couple of weeks. And it kind of gives him a high floor like we already talked about, like with Newton. Um, so, you know, he's had 47 and 53 yards rushing the last two weeks, and he's had over 30 fantasy points in two straight games on DraftKings as well and two two straight 300 yard passing games so I think against New England who does give up yards um, you know they're going to be from behind in my I have a feeling that New England's going to get ahead and Chicago's he's going to have to throw again so I feel that he's going to have 30 plus rushing attempts and or sorry pass attempt 30 plus rushing attempts would be awesome <laughs> but five five or more <laughs> rushing attempts and 30 or more passing attempts so I think he has a really good floor for mm. his price and I, I'd be going to him a little bit more than Baker myself this week yeah, I don't mind Trubisky. I think you make a really good point with the sneaky rushing yards. I think, you know, a lot of people don't picture him as a running quarterback. But, you know, frankly, the running yards, aside from that Arizona game, have been right there in, like, the Tier 2 of running quarterbacks. Like, not quite, you know, Cam or Deshaun Watson or something, but right in that next level. And, again, if you're going to get a running start with, just call it five carries for 25 mm -hmm. yards, which would be basically you know below the median game he's had this season uh his middle middle game the median game was seven rushing attempts for 32 yards and a touchdown so yeah the running upside absolutely there you know it's kind of funny with Trubisky I, I kind of have opposite problems between him and Baker Mayfield because Trubisky the Bears don't seem to trust the arm all that much like they definitely seem to want to run it with Jordan Howard or you know kind of have him do short passes to Tariq Cohen and some of these other short-range targets and with Mayfield, they'll let him throw it downfield, but he's just like wildly inefficient. So <laughs> yeah. when it comes to safety, it's hard to argue that Trubisky isn't safer. Uh, we've seen it already. You know, they stand to be behind in this New England game. Uh, this game, just one of the very highest, if not, I think it's the highest total game on the slate. Oh, no, it's behind the Rams and uh, and San Francisco there. But yeah, nonetheless, still definitely a high value game and one that I wouldn't mind targeting. Okay, so we'll slide over to running backs. I mean, you mentioned Todd Gurley. He headlines our article this week. There is a price that it can be too expensive to play him, right? And we saw last week he had 75% cash game ownership <laughs> on FanDuel on a $9,500 price tag. The price jumped up to 10-2. On DraftKings, the price actually came down by 200. And with such a thin running back player pool, can we really afford this guy? I mean, on one hand... You often need some place to invest the additional savings you can get elsewhere. On the other hand, I'm just not totally sure that we're going to have enough premium value guys 
to you know kind of save up to to buy Gurley. I'd, I'd put this guy on layaway or something because ten two is just about as high as I think we've ever paid, if not higher than we've ever paid for a cash game play on FanDuel. So. I mean, yeah, the good matchup. He's going up against San Francisco. They're 10-game favorites. The Rams have demonstrated that basically they're just going to give Gurley the ball in every phase of the game, on every down, especially when they get up. But is it just too expensive? That, that's my real question. Do you think he, he – does he make it all the way home to our cash game lineups come Sunday morning? Uh, for me, definitely. Um, I'm all in on Gurley, even at 10-2. I hope his ownership – that brings his ownership down a little bit. But he's hit uh, two times value on FanDuel three times. And then the other three times, he's hit three times value, three and a half value last week. I don't think that's sustainable, but that two and a half to three value, I think he can definitely hit. Mm-hmm. And that's really all we're looking for um, out of our guys, you know, to get to that cash game threshold. And, you know, I think there's enough. The the running back position is so thin this week with only nine games on the main slate uh, with that one going off in the morning, then Thursday, four teams and a bye, that... I think there's mm-hmm. enough wide receiver value down at the bottom that we can look to to get maybe two cash cash value plays out of the wide receiver position to make it work. And then we already talked about a couple value uh, quarterbacks to help make it work. So um, in my eyes, he, he's a lock for me this week. Yeah, that, that, that seems fine. I And I know you've always been something of a girly man, Chris. Yeah. So I... Uh... <laughs> a girly lover. We'll forgive you on that. So <laughs> Exactly. So the question after that, though... <sighs> So you play Gurley, okay? I'll give you that. Now you need to play another running back. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where our, our system starts to, you know, smoke a little bit and starts to try to churn because it ain't easy. You know, if you want to invest, I mean, say 9800 up on DraftKings, 10-2 on FanDuel, right now our system is just scraping around trying to find some cheaper running back. I mean, it's kicking out names like Wendell Smallwood, which seems just kind of nuts in spite of the fact that uh, he's very, very cheap on DraftKings and out-touched Corey Clement last week. Uh, it's throwing out names like Sony Michelle that I don't mind quite as much, uh, but definitely has his own question mark since he's just a two-down back. Who's your running back to after Gurley? I mean, if you're going to be playing Gurley everywhere, like you say, who can you slot in around him and kind of make the money work? I got a lot of uh, Sony Michelle, like you said. He's only a two-down back, but like I mentioned okay. on the recap podcast with Doug, you know, watching him a little bit in college, I watched a lot of Georgia there. He did catch the ball really well, so I think eventually they're going to start giving him, you know, more than one target per game. Um, if he can get even that three to four targets per game in the pass game, I think that'll be big yeah. to help his floor. And I think he's at the right price still, uh, especially on DraftKings where you can make it work. But on DraftKings, yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the system, and it's kind of going towards, actually on FanDuel right now, it's looking at Gurley and Elliott. So if you can afford it and you can find enough value, cool. which I think there is some value there, that we can go with uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Gurley. I mean, that's a lot of money. You're putting like 18600 on FanDuel towards your running back. That, that's a lot. But I think the floor is so high with those guys that you can go ahead and you can find value guys around them. But uh, for me, if I'm not going with Elliott and I'm looking for a more balanced lineup, it's Sony Michelle. Um, after that, you know, it's I don't feel like paying up for James White in that offense just as a third down back, relying on just his passing because mm-hmm. he's only getting like five carries per game. And he's... 6900 on DraftKings, 7300 on FanDuel. So I'm going to have a lot yeah, of Michelle, Michelle this week. Just with the way his um, he's really picked it up since he's taken over as the starter. He's had 98 or more rushing yards in three straight games, getting 18, 23, and 25 carries. Um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm going to hard pass on White this week. I think I get it on DraftKings. You love the PPR. He's not going to be scoring. You know, like he has four touchdowns, five touchdowns in six games. With this level of touches, he's just not going to get that many touchdowns. You know, like I, I know he can do a lot when he runs with the ball. He's a dynamic player. Um, 
I just tend to think that in your average game, if he's going to get like those 10 to 13 touches or something, it's awfully hard to sustain a $7,300 price tag. You know, we've seen him, we've seen guys like Alvin Kamara, who I think is unquestionably a better talent, not be able to sustain prices in that range with even more touches. So yeah, I'm totally off white. I think Michelle's a reasonable play. Um, I am curious about Elliot. Like, I mean, maybe we'll get to this in the wide receiver category, try to figure out where we're actually going to save up to afford a guy like this. But he just still, he seemed like if Gurley didn't exist, I would be so excited about playing Elliot this week just because in the past, he's been just one of these lockdown $9,000 running backs. And the touches recently have just been insane. I mean, 29 touches against Detroit, 27 touches against Houston, 25 touches against Jacksonville, averaging more than 20 fantasy points on FanDuel during that time. I get that sometimes it's not pretty with Dallas, but man, even in a week where people were like, yeah, you just kind of kind of have to play him on DraftKings, even though it's a bad matchup with Jacksonville, the guy goes out there and touches the ball 25 times for 117 yards <laughs> yeah. and a touchdown. He still seems like a great play to me. <laughs> like, it's a real testament to what a good play he is as far as our system's concerned, given that you know, it just kind of wants you to force it with Gurley and Elliott. But do we, I mean, do we have to prioritize him in the running back two slot? Like when I'm looking at some of these other names, like Michelle, I mean, the the really cheap guys like Smallwood, Peterson, and so forth. Do we just get so much safety out of Elliott in a year where running backs are so much less safe than the cheaper wide receivers? Or are we just paying too much? Like if what is your, I know it's still early and we're still waiting on some injury news, you know, with guys like Fournette, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, stuff like that. But can we play Elliot, or am I just wasting my time trying to construct lineups with these two expensive guys? It's it's very tough. I think that's more of a you know Sunday morning when the injury reports come out to kind of see who's all going to be available, what values are going to pop up, um, to whether you need to go with Elliot or not. But I think some values will pop up um, depending on the you know the Dalvin Cook knows for sure because um, they're they're favorites. Um, so Latavius Murray could get some run again. He finally had a good game last week. But it's kind of, I think we just have to play it by ear for, for now with Elliott because the lineups don't look great with those two together. You're really putting some risk out there when it comes to your wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're probably right. I mean, the other place that our system is trying to accept some risk is at quarterback. And, you know, we talk about this in our ebook over at dfsr.com slash ebook, but quarterback is a really tough place to stick your neck out because you tend to get the lowest coefficient of variation at quarterback, and that means higher floor typically. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on. But, yeah, definitely monitor that Leonard Fournette news. Monitor Dalvin Cook. I expect Cook will be back on a snap count because that was the plan for week six, and he just kind of was a late scratch. But, yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. So on to wide receiver. Um, you know, our system has had a love for fair with Adam Thielen all season long. I know Minnesota is technically the closest team to you there in Saskatchewan, Canada. Thielen is having just a positively electric season. I mean, 81 targets, nine more than Antonio Brown, 72 targets. Basically, if you gave Antonio Brown a whole extra game, that's around how many targets he would have. Thielen's also just converting the heck out of his targets, 73% conversion rate. Uh, It's the very best conversion rate among those top 10 wide receivers. We gave you Thielen over Brown and Julio last week, and it worked out very well. For my money, this guy is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, and he's still priced cheaper than you typically have to pay for the best wide receiver. We're starting to list a lot of really expensive players, but can we run Thielen up against you know up against the Jets? With a gun to your head, would you rather prioritize Thielen or say Zeke and pay down elsewhere, or do you think we can kind of go triple cheap at wide receiver this week? Well, you kind of read my mind there um, with 
you know, the Elliott versus Thielen decision. I think that's really the, the big decision this week. But I'm looking at FanDuel lineups right now in the system, and it's got Gurley, Elliott, and Thielen all together, um, you know, oh. with some other guys that we're going to talk about here down in the value range. So <laughs> that's a very they dangerous definitely kind of other go. guys. This, yeah. this crew, there's a lot of other guys sitting around. Here. It depends, I guess, if whether you want to save up a quarterback. Like you said, um, I really feel that Cam Newton is the guy I want to go with this week. So I'm probably going to be going with, uh, you know, a Gurley or Elliott, probably Gurley, and then uh, like a Sony Michelle's because I want to get Adam Thielen in there just because he's he's exploiting all the matchups in the slot better than any other slot receiver, better than any other receiver in the NFL right now, and he gets another good matchup against uh, the Jets. Um, I believe they're, you know, they got Morris Claiborne. Um, running on the outside he's you know he's probably going to see some Stefan Diggs and then you know they got Daryl Roberts he isn't that great out there but Perry Nickerson's their guy that they've been kind of running out of the slot and he's like by far their worst corner so he's going to have another good matchup and Cousins (laughs) just really knows how to find find him and that touchdown last week that throw was absolutely amazing he's throwing dimes to these guys so he's clearly his favorite target and 70% catch rate on that many targets is incredible so He's a guy that I definitely prioritize right now ahead of Elliott. Yeah, I think that's probably spot on. I mean, we're just not used to an NFL where wide receivers can have the same floor as the best running backs, but Thielen's done that this season. I mean, you're basically paying 300 more for him on FanDuel, but the guy has two fantasy, two and a half fantasy points more per game than Elliott does. He's got a higher floor from week to week. The guy has not gone a game this season without catching 100 yards through the air. So I just don't know what more than you want from a guy uh, who's still, again, not priced anywhere near like that girly range or even the Antonio Brown, Julio Jones range that we've seen in the past. So, yeah, I'm all about Thielen this week. He is the most expensive wide receiver, and I'm just like not that scared of it. Uh, after him, though, Chris, so you cannot, you're not allowed to give me another expensive player <laughs> for the rest of this, for the rest of this discussion, because at this point we are well past budget. We need to start finding some savings. Uh, where can I do that at the wide receiver position this week? Well, you mentioned him in your cash article and I had him highlighted on my sheet is uh, Jermaine Curse is going to get some um, run out mm. of the slot for the Jets against Minnesota in that same game. And he's extremely cheap, 4,100 on DraftKings, 5K on FanDuel. And I think, you know, he's. I'm thinking he's going to be somewhere in the range of 7 to 10 targets this week. And that's kind of where, like you mentioned in the article, that's where Darno's liking to throw. Like, Nuno, I was doing good out of the slot early in yeah. the season. Uh, he had a nice floor, then his price started to come up, and the opportunity started to go away a little bit. He played a little bit more outside. And now Curse is going to get that opportunity with Nuno out. So I think he's the first guy that I'm looking to to jam in my lineups this week with those expensive guys. Sure. Um, another one that stands out to me is a little bit more expensive um, I talked about Trubisky a little bit, is Taylor Gabriel. He's been incredible lately. He's got, I don't expect a third straight 100-yard game out of him, but he's got 100% of his uh, uh, balls that have come his way, 100% of his targets over the last two weeks, and <laughs> yeah, six, six out of 10 the week before that. So he's getting a lot of target share in that Chicago offense because um, they can't really get a lot going in the in the run game with Howard. He's kind of been struggling a bit. He doesn't really fit the offense a whole lot. But it's Cohen, Gabriel, um, even Allen Robinson, I think, is a little bit too expensive for, for what he's getting. Um, I think Gabriel is a guy that uh, can exploit his matchups this week, and he's cheap enough for me where you know I might run Curse and Gabriel to try and get a bunch of expensive guys. Yeah, that's an interesting call. I, uh, I certainly like Curse. I think that basically being free always really, really helps. Like going down, like if you had to pick between Curse and Gabriel, I would always take Curse mm-hmm. just because that extra $900 savings 
really is the difference between getting, say, like Robert Woods at wide receiver or Adam Thielen. You know, like yeah. it's a it's nine hundred dollars is a lot. I think a lot of you know newer DFS players sometimes have a hard time wrapping their mind around just what that kind of savings can look like. As far as Gabriel's concerned, I feel like he's more of a big tournament play to me. Like I, I definitely hear what you're saying. You love the hundred yards each of the last three weeks. Hundred percent conversion rate just doesn't strike me as particularly sustainable. Like, like I think it's either going to be one of two things. Like, either he's going to sustain the high conversion rate, but the yards are going to come down, or he's going to maintain the yards per catch, but the conversion rate is going to come down. Because you just don't tend to see guys convert one hundred percent of their balls and go for like twenty or twenty-five yards per catch. You know, so I think we are due to see some regression there. He still is cheap, so I think you know he's unlikely to completely destroy you given how efficient they've been together this season. And hey, if Chicago needs to come back, you could see them uh, trying to go downfield. But yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not quite as high on Gabriel as you are. Um, outside of those two guys, you know, Doug wrote up the Rams situation. I can see it um, with Cup unlikely to play this week. That means that the two more expensive Rams, uh, Woods and Cooks, stand to probably gather some of his target share. I mean, it's not always a one-for-one thing, right? Like it, a lot of times when a team loses their slot receiver, those targets don't always just go right out to the outside, to the high-end kind of flashier types. A lot of times the uh, you know the team will just slot in somebody else in the slot and just use the word slot like 16 times in one sentence, but <laughs> a lot of times they'll plug in somebody else. And so I'm not sure if I'm as high on Woods and Cooks as maybe Doug is. I think you know if you wanted to get sneaky for big tournaments, maybe go with Josh Reynolds or something like that. If you think that he'll you know take some of that target share from Cup, um, if I had to guess one of the receivers that would get Cup's target share out of Woods and Cooks, I would think Woods because we've seen him operate in that, you know, kind of chain moving, high efficiency capacity in the past before Cup showed up. So I think I like Woods if I had to pick between Cooks and Woods. It's just going to be hard. Like when you're back in that mid $7,000 price range, I'm just not sure that's where I want to be. I think I might want to be up in the Thielen Elliott range and just go cheap or, uh, yeah, just try to play like kind of a stars and scrubs thing rather than try to middle out a fairly deep position of wide receiver. I'm yeah, I'm 100% on board with you. Um, you know, just because I'm, you know, we talked about Thiel and Gurley Elliott. I, I think we need a little bit more savings than those guys. They have a terrific matchup. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, they're ranked uh, San Francisco's ranked 22nd in fantasy points against the wide receiver position. They're both got over 70% catch rates. I'm with you that Woods is probably the guy I'd prefer over Cooks if you're trying to make that decision. But I'm going a little bit lower myself in my wide receivers this week just because I really, really want to pay up for Thielen 1 and then two, two, wide, two running backs if possible. So a guy that I'm kind of looking at and I want your opinion on, is, we never haven't talked about yet, is Kenny Galladay in Detroit. Like I know they have three, three guys going. The matchup isn't great, but he's been their most consistent guy um, in that lineup so far this year. What do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't mind Galladay. Um, he kind of runs into the same problem that Woods and Cooks do for me, which is that the prices kind of come up enough that it's kind of hard to justify it. Like, you know, our system is very high on Galladay early in the season, around a $5,800 price tag. Since then, it gets a little bit tougher to justify it. Like 7000 I don't mind it. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a red zone target. He's doing a lot with the balls he does catch. He seems to be a favorite of Stafford. I just don't, ugh, I just don't know if I'm going to wind up making it stretching out to the $7,000 range on FanDuel. And if I do, I think I'd probably want to prioritize someone like Woods, uh, even though he is a little bit more expensive. A couple guys to throw out there as well. You know, these are more DraftKings type plays, I would think, just because, 
you know, the pricing on FanDuel tends to be a little bit funny. Um, our system loved Michael Crabtree last week. I don't think he ultimately wound up in our cash game articles, but like clockwork, the guy marched right back out there, mm-hmm. had just under 10 targets, nine targets, six catches, 93 yards, and a touch. Uh, finally shook off, you know, Doug, I think, had lowered his touchdown share, but he shook off those cobwebs and, and did find a way to the end zone. The price has come up slightly. He's up to 5100 now, but that's still pretty cheap uh, for a guy who probably for the rest of the season will be the most targeted wide receiver, the most efficient wide receiver in one of the most pass-happy offenses of the NFL so far. So, yeah, I think on DraftKings, you, you definitely have plenty of room to play around in that low tier. And you might you might just have to, frankly, too, especially yeah. if you're going to try and stretch for DraftKings there, you know. Um, okay, cool. Let's jump over to tight end. Tight end, I believe tight end is the worst position of any sport since... Tight end in 2018 is the worst position of any sport since I started being a daily fantasy sports analyst. And not a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks to change my mind there. Um, what on earth are we supposed to do with tight end this week, Chris? Ugh, you can't really pay up for Zach Ertz with the guys that we already talked about. I mean, he's he's definitely the safest guy out there at 11.2 targets per game. But you, you just can't make it work. It's just almost impossible to do. So I find myself, there's only two other guys that I'm really looking at at this moment. And it's Trey Burton in Chicago. Um, who's really started to pick it up, and then going a little bit cheaper even, is uh, David Njoku. He's, he's been really consistent. I believe he had 15 targets last week. And we talked about Baker Mayfield. Tampa Bay's allowed the most fantasy points against tight ends all season. We talked about they've allowed the most yards overall. Um, they're dead last in DVOA versus the pass. So, I mean, Njoku fits right in there, especially on DraftKings at 4,200. Makes a lot of sense. But I, outside of those three guys, yeah, the price the price is comical on Njoku this week. I I, I, <laughs> I take personal offense to. It. I mean, the price came up slightly on DraftKings, but on FanDuel it went down by a hundred dollars, and I just have no idea what's going on in the old FanDuel algorithm offices. Um, so right over the last three weeks now, seven targets, eleven targets, up to twelve targets last week. You know, the yards per catch I guess haven't been phenomenal, but what tight end is any good at all? Like, why do I have to pay? I mean, Eric Ebron has been a good player this season, but why do I have to play more for George Kittle than I do for, you know, Njoku? Why do I have to pay more for Jordan Reed or Trey Burton? Like, he just, the guy has a track record now. It's three games straight. He's with a young quarterback who's still trying to find his sea legs. I just don't see a scenario where Njoku should be, like, the 10th most expensive tight end on the main slate. Like, that's just, again, you could probably hear this in my voice. I'm offended by by this notion. I think he'll be... He'll be basically unanimous on DraftKings, and I'd be surprised if he wasn't on FanDuel. If for some reason, you know, I agree completely, you can't pay up for Ertz. If you couldn't go with Njoku, is there anyone else you can really consider on either side right now? I'm not even looking outside of those guys. I'm, I'm really going Burton and Njoku. And a big thing, um, a big trend that I've seen kind of over the years um, is that with young quarterbacks, they tend to not, you know, go... I mean, Baker Mayfield does like to go downfield, but they usually have a security blanket. And when you've got a good catching tight end like yeah, Joseph or Burton, I mean, they're going to use those guys uh, and, and feed them, you know, five to ten times a game. So, I mean, even with a 60 to 70% catch rate, um, those guys definitely make sense at their prices. But I'm not really going anywhere else unless there's some major injury news going forward. Is there any punt guys that you like that stand out to you this week? I mean, not especially. I think, you know, I did a big article on the punt tight ends last week. And unfortunately, just a lot of those guys aren't a possibility on the main slate. I wonder if people will go back to, like, the Bucks. well. Um, you know, I had cautioned people 
I was actually so pissed. I, I cautioned so many people on Twitter away from playing Cameron Brait, and then he goes out there and catches a touchdown on the very first <laughs> possession of the game. And uh, so the, the hate tweets start coming back, and then that wound up being his only target for the whole game. Yep. So um, it was just like, I find it like brutally unlucky that he was, I think he was like a 60% cash game player, or maybe it was just under that on FanDuel. And the fact that he almost paid value was a true crime against humanity. But no, I don't think you want to go... I don't. You definitely don't want to pay him. You don't want to play OJ Howard, his counterpart, who again is more expensive than Njoku. I think basically, if you're going away from Njoku, it's going to be for big tournament purposes, because you just see upside elsewhere. Uh, one guy I think you keep your eye on, and I wrote him up, probably more of a big tournament play, but a guy who's definitely flashed big time upside, legitimate full on upside in the past, is Jordan Reed. Uh, it's kind of bizarre to me that he and Smith haven't found more comfort with each other so far given how much Smith relied on Kelsey in the past. Uh, but we did see nine targets go Reed's way last week. He only turned that into 36 yards on five catches. But I think there's a breakout game coming from him at some point. And just again, given how terrible, god-awful tight end is so far this season, Reed is on the very, very short list of guys who can really put you in that top tier GPP-wise when all the upside comes together. So, yeah, I guess he's a he's a guy I'm also keeping an eye on. It hurts that. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's pretty much yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, with the tight end position, it really hurts this week that, you know, you're the typical punt guys that we're looking at each week in Austin Hooper, uh, CJ Uzama, Ricky Seals-Jones, um, even down in the, you know, when Red Allison was, was there, you got guys like that. They're all on primetime slate, so it makes it even harder this week. Tight mm-hmm. end sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it really, really does. Oh, Vance McDonald, another <laughs> one. Vance McDonald was, uh, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm also mad about that. Yeah, Vance McDonald was like, he, well, he was like 75% play somehow at a 4500 price tag. Then he stunk. And then last week he comes out and like lights the world on fire. Yeah. Uh, out does Antonio Brown. Tight end, man. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we got another article or another podcast coming up tomorrow. Doug and I will be going game by game, breaking down every game on the main slate this season. And, geez, we might do it so quickly that we get to some other games as well. But uh, that's always a fun one. And uh, just want to say thanks again to you, Chris, for hopping on for our cash game article this week. Uh, for those of you listening out there, get used to it. Uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of Chris coming forward here as Doug and I are going to be picking up the NBA podcast multiple times per week too. And and hey, it's been a lot of fun, man. So uh, let's go over to dfsr.com slash deals. You can get a free seven-week trial. And if you use our podcast-only link, uh, dfsr.com slash deals, if you do happen to go past your trial, it's a $5 discount for life. So that's $24.95 per month. Like I said, that will give you access to all of our tools on FanDuel and DraftKings for both the NBA, NHL, and NFL, as well as premium articles and our members-only chat room. So an absurd amount of value packed in, and again, you get a week for free. So I ask you, what can possibly go wrong? Um, but that's it for me. Uh, James signing off, and uh, thanks a lot, Chris. We'll catch you again next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck, everyone. Peace. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.